Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to You Know They Know from the files of the Oakland County Child Killer Investigation with J. Ruben Appleman, author of The Kill Jar, a chronicle of 10 years investigating Detroit's most notorious serial killer case, published by Simon & Schuster. The Kill Jar was the springboard for the Investigation Discovery TV show Children of the Snow, now streaming on Hulu. You Know They Know is brought to you from the KRBX studios in Boise, Idaho, with music from Patrick Minolkin. Each episode of You Know They Know begins with a reading from the actual case files in my possession, the decades of investigative narratives and interrogation transcripts, the evidence trails and autopsy reports and polygraph results, and all manner of supplementary docs, uh, reporting from the hundreds of city, county, state, and FBI investigators who have touched this allegedly unsolved case. In the first four episodes, you heard from a document called Affidavit for a Search Warrant. That affidavit spells out reason to search the past residence of a prime suspect named Christopher Bush. The search warrant was pushed through in 2008, uh, October 28th of 2008, some 40, I'm sorry, some 30 years uh, after Christopher Bush, this prime suspect, was deceased. The affidavit spells out that there appears to have been enough evidence pointing at Christopher Bush as the prime suspect in what is known as the Oakland County child killings. Oakland County being just outside of Detroit, Michigan. And many of the, what we can colloquially call players in this case, mingled in that county as well as in the downtown area of Detroit, known as Cass Corridor which uh, was a decidedly violent area of inner-city Detroit, Michigan, at the time of these murders, which occurred in the 1970s. To give a brief recap of the Oakland County child killings, Detroit's most notorious serial killer case, In 1976, a young boy, 12-year-old Mark Stebbins, was abducted the day after Valentine's Day on February 15, 1976. He had been leaving, uh, he had left a uh, party at American Legion Hall that his mother had been, uh, had a work party at. He 
presumably began to walk home and never made it there. On February 19, 1976, the body of Mark Stebbins was found in a blue-collar strip mall parking lot. Later that year, December 22nd, Jill Robinson, a 12-year-old girl, had left home and was abducted, never came back. And her body was then found the very early morning after Christmas, presumably dumped late Christmas Eve, excuse me, late Christmas night, two or three, four in the morning, something like that. Part of her face had been blown off with a shotgun. But it is presumed that she was asphyxiated prior to that based on medical evidence found uh, by the medical examiner. Mark Stebbins was also asphyxiated. A couple of weeks later, after, after Jill Robinson's body was found, Christine Mihalik, a 10-year-old girl, was walking to a 7-Eleven, or had just exited a 7-Eleven, excuse me, and was abducted, never made it home. 19 days later, her body was found. In a wooded cul-de-sac, she had been left to the elements, her body partially frozen in the snow, found by a passing mailman. A couple of months after that, on March 16th, Timothy King, an 11-year-old boy, was on his way home from a small store where he had bought candy. He was abducted, never came home, and was found dead on March 22nd. All four victims showed signs of asphyxiation. All four victims had been held in captivity for multiple days. All four victims after death had been tossed to the sides of roads. Three in Oakland County one tossed in Wayne County. All four had been abducted from Oakland County. These counties butt up against each other, Wayne and Oakland. All of them are considered a part of the greater Detroit area.
Mark Stebbins, the first victim of what became known as the Oakland County child killings, was shown to have been sexually assaulted. There was semen, blood, saliva, fingerprints, dog hairs, human hairs, all found on the body or property of Mark Stebbins. Although the tale that was spread to the public was that none of these things existed. There was no evidence, reportedly. We're going to get to that. I have catalogs of evidence we're going to read from and talk about during the months and months that I'll be doing this show on the Oakland County child killings. I'm going to prove that the narrative that was passed down from the police to the press to the public was false and apparently intentionally falsely spread as a misdirect from the real evidence in this case of which there was plenty plenty Timothy King the final victim presumably of the Oakland County child killings and I say presumably we will get to that we'll get to why I say that Timothy King the final victim of the Oakland County child killings was also shown to have been sexually assaulted There was all manner of biological evidence found on his person as well. A lot had been said that about, the, that about Jill Robinson and Christine Mihalik, the, the, the second and third victims, not having been sexually assaulted. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say to you that that's not the case. I'm going to point to evidence that prepares us to look at the fact that the girls were sexually assaulted. And yet the police narrative passed down to the press, passed down to the public, and eventually passed down to the families is that they were not sexually assaulted. The common lore surrounding this case was that four children had been abducted, not sexually assaulted, held in captivity by somebody who was extremely knowledgeable of police procedure. So much so that he or she wiped the bodies clean prior to dumping them. Fingernails scrubbed and clipped and, and scrubbed again. Clothing washed and pressed. Bodies folded neatly into, into it themselves as they were laid in, neatly in snowbanks arms crossed over their chests I'm going to point to many 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 hundreds of documents that indicate that that was a lie that was partially passed down at times from the police extremely spread out by the press who who latched onto the idea of a lone maniacal serial killer and eventually became common lore that the public whispered about from ear to ear 
and made the idea of the, quote, Oakland County child killer so grandiose of a monster who would never be caught that it became like the man at the edge of the woods or the monster at the edge of the woods. You know, don't go in there. That, that, that monster still exists right there. The, the, Boo, the Boo Radleys of the world um, at the ends of every street. But worse, of course... In this case, children were abducted, assaulted, murdered. But I say to you that although these are the worst types of monsters, the people who commit these crimes, that this was no maniacal, unknowable monster. That in fact, we did know things that the police knew things internally about this case that they kept to themselves on purpose under the guise of this case being an open investigation and them not wanting to spoil their investigative procedures by people knowing what was about in their world. But when you keep a case open and you say, this is an open investigation, we cannot talk about it. What that does is it gives you permission to not talk about it. And if there are things you don't want people to know, all you have to do is continue to go with the joke in this case that it's an open investigation. This case does not appear to be actively investigated except for by one or two police officers who, who have been thrown a bone along the years to, to work what they can. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of, of case documents related to this case. Many thousands of them were obtained by family members of, the, of one of the victims, Timothy King. I obtained those documents from those family members, thousands of pages of, of case documents from the Michigan State Police, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the, the multiple county uh, police departments, the um, city police departments related to this case from 1976 all the way up to, the pre- uh, up to about 2012, which was, or maybe 2013, there are some, um, which is as close as we could get to being current. Um, I covered a lot of those documents in my book, The Kill Jar, uh, a lot of those documents were covered in the in the uh, now st- streaming on Hulu show, uh, Investigation Discovery show, um, Children of the Snow, which I had a, a big part in um, as uh, one of the investigators working uh, t- to unravel the truth behind this case. Um, many of those documents were redacted. We're going to cover that as well. What was in the spaces that were blacked out or whited out? But one thing that's interesting is that at the time, more or less, of, uh, uh, of the last killing of Timothy King. Let me back up. There were many suspects questioned in this case. And we covered that in the first four episodes of this show. 
We covered some of them. What we really did is key in on Christopher Bush, who is the subject of this 2008 search warrant. Christopher Bush was, at the time of, of the, the killings, pr- prior to Mark Stebbins's abduction and murder, was being investigated and charged with, with uh, multiple criminal sexual conducts against uh, charges against children, um, stemming from uh, uh, the grooming and, and temporary kidnapping and molestations of, of, of multiple kids in 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 uh, an area an hour or so from Detroit and uh, in Flint Michigan and in other areas um, Christopher Bush was molesting children and and um, on multiple occasions some children multiple times and he was finally charged with those molestations let me say molestation Christopher Bush was raping children and he was questioned early on in the Oakland County child killings because another guy, a guy named Gregory Green, was also molesting children on his own as well as as a team with Christopher Bush. They groomed young boys. They Applied them with alcohol and they raped them. One of the boys testified about this and said he was terrified for his life because he believed that that Gregory Green had would, would kill him, had choked people, um, had choked him even. Uh, he believed that Christopher Bush was was also of this sort. Um, he feared for his life. He complied with the rapes because he was afraid. He was a young boy. He was 12 or 13 or um, 14. Multiple boys had the similar stories about, about these, these guys, Christopher Bush and Gregory Green. And during their interrogations for the, the um, Molestation and rape, rape charges, criminal sec, what they call CSC, criminal sexual conduct. During their interrogations, Gregory Green dimed on Christopher Bush as the killer of Mark Stebbins. So they were arrested prior to the murder of Mark Stebbins, but you know, as a case goes on, um, they're they're questioned multiple times about things before charges are are finalized and before their day in court, etc. And Gregory Green, and then and during all of this, Mark Stebbins had been taken. And Gregory Green, oh, and yeah, how clever of of the police department. Uh, both Christopher Bush and Gregory Green were out on bond uh, while while their charges were figured out for these multiple counts of se- of criminal sexual conduct against children uh which is insane because Gregory Green had just returned from serving a year in a in a state mental hospital in California for 50 counts of criminal sexual conduct against children he did 1 year in California was let out came to Michigan met up with Christopher Bush and they're out molesting people 
out raping children and they get charged. But while these charges are being sort of sorted out, they're let out on bond. What do they think is going to happen while these, while these two guys are out on bond awaiting their, their court days? So during this time, Mark Stebbins is abducted and held in captivity and raped and murdered. And during one interrogation, Gregory Green dimes on Christopher Bush and says, I know, I know who did the uh, Mark Stebbins murder. It was Christopher Bush. There were uh, 20,000, 30,000 early tips called in on the case in the, in the first couple of years. We'll talk about that. Um, but Gregory Green and Christopher Bush became tips number 369 and 370 in this case. The er- some of the earliest tips there were called in on them. And Gregory Green points to Christopher Bush as the murderer of Mark Stebbins. Both these cats took polygraphs. Both these cats pa- uh, presumably passed polygraphs. Those polygraphs were later looked at and determined to be uh, inaccurately passed, or what's the word I'm looking for? Um, passed without warrant, uh, meaning they were given a pass, but they had failed. There's a lot more to this polygraph situation, but, and we'll talk about that. And we talked about it some, and, and some of what I just said is a little misleading if you don't know the whole story, but, but I will uh, spend a, an entire episode on the polygraph of Christopher Bush, the early polygraph of Christopher Bush, and the polygraph of, of Gregory Green, and, and polygraphs of other people as well. But suffice it to say that um, Christopher Bush was out roaming around when he should have been uh, held in cap- held in captivity himself. Uh, and ha- and had he done had he been so, we know for certain that uh, <laughs> you got to be you got to be careful when you say things like for certain because because people say no you don't know for certain well pff, I know for certain. When you look at the documents and you look at the, the misleading narratives and you look at the way the families of the victims have been run around and you look at the, conflict, the conflicting notions in the documents, one document saying this, one document saying that, they're both from the Michigan State Police and they conflict with each other. One document says no evidence, one document says here's all the evidence. We'll get to that. But Christopher Bush was out roaming around. He should have been locked up because he had not been yet thoroughly vetted. He had not yet been thoroughly investigated for the Oakland County child killings. He was let out to roam around. And Timothy King, the final victim, after many months of back and forth with Christopher Bush, Timothy King was murdered even though Christopher Bush was the prime suspect 
in previous, in at least one previous abduction and murder. Not just because Gregory Green pointed at him, oh, but because of a whole host of shit. Shortly after Timothy King was murdered, a task force that had previously been one of the, excuse me, the largest financed murder task force in the in U.S. history, a task force comprised of hundreds of investigators from the FBI, the Michigan State Police, the counties and the cities, hundreds of 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 hardcore investigators with millions of dollars at their disposal shut down shortly after Christopher Bush allegedly committed suicide roughly a year or so after Timothy King's murder. Timothy King was known to be the last, is presumed to be the last victim of the Oakland County child killings. After his murder, so much was going on with Christopher Bush and court cases and such for his other criminal sexual conduct charges that that it, it would have been very close to impossible for him to get away with more after the, after the murder of Timothy King. So it is presumed that he took a little break. The heat was up, man. Um, and, 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 and for many, many reasons. It wasn't just Gregory Green diming him. It wasn't just... Oh, I mean, there's a whole series of, of, of arrows pointing to him that we're going to talk about during, during the, the multiple um, coming episodes of the show. But it's presumed that Christopher Bush took a little bit of a break. And... And he allegedly commits suicide in the bedroom of his family residence where he, and, and, and he was in his 20s, uh, by the way. We don't talk about this much, his age. He was still in his 20s. Um, so he was staying at home with mom and dad who were overseas and he allegedly commits suicide. The police are called to the scene by a maid, a housekeeper, who can't get into the house and she feels like something's wrong. Actually, she calls Christopher Bush's brother, Charles Bush, who was living in Michigan at that time, he calls the police instead of going home. He calls the police. I, I don't know why his first move is to call the police. Something's wrong. Instead of, instead of the housekeeper saying, Hey, I can't get in the house. And Christopher Bush saying, well, let me come let you in. Or, and Charles Bush saying, let me come let you in. Instead he calls the police. Well, that's weird. If you get a call from your housekeeper who's supposed to show up at your house and clean your house. And she says, I can't get into the house. I think something's wrong. You don't call the police. My housekeeper can't get into the house. You go home and you try to open the door for her. <laughs> or if you don't have a key, you find one. 
Hey, uh, I can't get in the house. Oh my god, call the police. Th th that makes no sense. But, the police show up, and they find Christopher Bush shot through the head with a rifle in his bedroom. They find a picture of Mark Stebbins tacked to the wall. They find ligatures in Christopher Bush's closet. A month or so later, the task force for the Oakland County child killings shut down and said, we will never find who did this. We are running out of money. We have no choice but to pull up shop. They didn't say, what they didn't say is that we think Christopher Bush is the guy and he just killed himself. So there ain't shit we can do. They didn't say that, but that's what it looks like they thought. That's what it looks like they did. They shut up shop after their prime suspect allegedly committed suicide. Christopher Bush was suspect number one in the Oakland County child killings. He had failed a polygraph he had admitted to a private polygrapher hired by his lawyer in the criminal sexual conduct charges he was facing that he had committed at least one of the Oakland County child killings now that's a bombshell to end this with, but I don't want to end there. So much of that information comes secondhand from a professional polygrapher. We talked about that in one of the previous four episodes. We're going to talk about that more when we talk about the polygraphs. But let's just, for now, let's just even forget about that idea that Christopher Bush admitted to a private polygrapher that was not hired by the state that he had done one of these killings or that he had information about the killings. Let's forget that, even though that's apparently true, based on documents and testimony from uh, a professional polygrapher tied to this case. We know, looking back at the polygraphs, that were given to, to Christopher Bush, that the results were skewed, uh, uh, that they varied from what the police and the press were told and what the families of the victims were told. We know that what happened in those polygraphs was different than the, than the official line on what happened in those polygraphs. We know that one of the prime other suspects in this case, Gregory Green, pointed to Christopher Bush as the doer of Mark Stebbins. We know that uh, that um, Christopher Bush even 
We know this for a fact, 100%, because it's in the freaking documents. That you can stare at it and you can go, holy shit, that Christopher Bush admitted to fantasies of kidnapping children and tying them up and working as a team with another with, with, with Gregory Green and each of them working different work shifts during the day so that they could keep uh, the children without anybody knowing. One person could always be with, with the child. And, and he admitted to picking up uh, young boys uh, at the exact abduction locations that we know about for these for these children Christopher Bush said this this is in the 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 documents that we have Christopher Bush said he had fantasies of kidnapping children and sexually assaulting them that he had that he wanted to keep them in captivity and he admitted to picking up children at the exact locations where these children had been abducted from Christopher Bush was running around not held in, in, in jail and allegedly kills himself and nobody ever knows for decades that Christopher Bush was a prime suspect in this case why? Christopher Bush killed himself? this case has, has been cold since 19 since they since they officially shut it shut it uh uh but 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 it but it but i mean they they have it's been 40 something years i mean they didn't really they didn't officially shut it excuse my uh stumble there they they left it open so that they wouldn't have to talk about it but but we know that they haven't done anything really to dig much deeper, really, since the alleged suicide of Christopher Bush in 1978. 1976 to 1977, four kids are killed. 1978, the main suspect kills himself. 1979, nobody in fucking hell is really looking for the Oakland County child killer anymore. But did Christopher Bush really kill himself? As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 